Hey, welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Stuff No One Told Us About Weight Loss. My name is Aaron and I'm here with Eloise and today we're gonna be talking about five things that matter more than food choices when your goal is to lose weight. Yeah, and I think that most of us, including both of ourselves in the past, really jump straight to food choices when we wanna start losing weight or when we are trying to lose weight. We think that it's our food choices that's impacting whether we lose weight or not. And I mean, the classic line is like, you know, all right, I'm gonna get serious now. I'm gonna start eating healthy. But what you'll see in this episode today is that there are many other things that matter a lot more than what specific foods you're choosing to eat. And that's why so many of us have these weight loss goals that we struggle to hit. And it's also why we also struggle to maintain the weight that we do lose because we're so focused on food choices and we're completely forgetting about all the things that really matter more than that. That's right. And I think it's a lot of it comes down to we're kind of trained to go for what's this food option that I should be eating where we're sort of led to believe that the choices we're making are the wrong choices and it's the type of food that's the the culprit. Yeah, the, I mean, the diet industry <clears throat> is massive on that. You're being told constantly over and over again, this food's healthy, this food's unhealthy, avoid these foods if you want to lose weight or eat these foods in order to lose more weight. And it's like, this stuff is just crap. Like, it's none just confusing. Of it, but none of it's even based in science because the science shows us over and over again that it's the amount of food that we eat that influences how much weight we lose. They've shown over and over again that people can eat all kinds of food, including things like chocolate and pizza and ice cream, and still lose weight Mm. if that overall quantity of food is lower. It's also a simple case of where's your focus going, which I think is the biggest issue for most of us when it comes to losing weight because we just get so fixated on, I have to eat healthy. I have to avoid that food. I have to only eat clean or, you know, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. And it creates a lot of food fear and confusion. And and we just start to feel a little bit lost because I think it's that idea of like, well, I know what I should be doing. I know what I should be eating. So why aren't I eating it? And then we start beating ourselves up for the fact that we're not eating it. Yeah. And that's actually just sending you further away from what you actually want to be doing when you're losing weight because behavior change, which includes changing your food choices, requires self-compassion. That's right. It's not an overnight thing and you can't beat yourself up if it is difficult to change because that's just the fact for everyone. It's going to be difficult to change things that you might have been doing for a while. And you've got to give yourself that room to have a little self-compassion and actually accept that, hey, you know, this is a challenge for me. And I will one day look back and go, hey, I'm glad I did that. Exactly right. Something that's also interesting about all of the five things that we're going to share with you today is if you do actually have a goal to change your food choices and to eat better, the five things we're going to talk about today are all required in order for you to actually make that behavior shift to change your food choices. Yeah. And that's the really interesting part about it because it's like most people are like, I've got to start eating better. Therefore, I just eat better foods. But it's like, no. Actually, these five things we're about to talk about almost come first in order for you to actually be able to change your food choices. 
Yeah, and often what we find is once people do actually change these five things, their food choices naturally evolve. They want to make changes to their food choices. Yeah, and that's effective behavior change. Yeah. When you start wanting to make better choices rather than trying to make choices based on what you think you have to do or what someone else told you you should do or what you're telling yourself that you should be doing, that's never a helpful motivation and it's never going to last. Mm. So yeah, jumping into these five things, the first one off the bat is your mindset. Now, a lot of people get confused when we mention the word mindset. You know, you might be jumping to, oh, you know, does that just mean I need to say positive affirmations? And that's a really small part of it. But your mindset in general is basically your foundation because at the end of the day, it is your mindset that drives all of your behavior. A really interesting thing about your mindset is that it's not just trying to think more positive and it's not just being more positive. When you have a mindset that is helpful for you or a mindset that is supportive for your goals, it means that you're able to process all types of emotions. And that includes positive and negative emotions, things that are easy and things that are hard. So, because, I mean, being positive all the time is not realistic. We're human beings. That's never going to happen. And so a lot of the time, I think that we jump into trying to fix our mindset. Mm. And we think that if we ever feel bad or we ever feel any negative emotions, that means we're doing it wrong or it's something that's wrong with us. And that's not true at all. Because there's this concept which Brooke Castillo talks about. And it's the idea that your life will always be 50-50. So your life will always be 50% positive and 50% negative, no matter what's going on in your life. So a lot of us think, well, once I've lost the weight, then things are going to be easier for me. My life is going to be so much better. I'm going to feel so much happier all the time. And it's like, no, you're still going to be 50% positive, 50% negative. Your life's just not going to magically flip a switch and now you're an alien who never feels bad. Yeah, and I actually, it was really interesting. I heard something from Susan David, who's the author of Emotional Agility. I was watching her TED talk the other day and she actually said a really good line and she was talking about this very thing. And she said, people who have no bad feelings ever or don't experience a bad emotion are dead people. And (laughs) if you have a goal to never experience a bad emotion or never think something negative again, like that's a dead person's goal because it's just not real life like part of the contract of life is that you've got to experience that 50% of bad things 50% of good things like it's just a fact everyone goes through it and everyone is going to experience that at some point or another so yeah when we're talking about our mindset and how effective our mindset is we're really talking about how effectively we're able to process emotions and when it comes to losing weight in particular this is massive because most of us who are trying to lose weight are dealing with emotional eating because we use food to cope with emotions of all kinds, right? Both positive and negative. We're struggling with motivation and we're also struggling with working towards any kind of behavior change, really. Mm. Again, behavior change is driven by our mindset, right? Yet most of us think behavior change, oh, that means what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. But in reality, every behavior that we do comes from our mindset and what we're thinking about why we should do it or not in the moment, right? And 
again, it comes back to that idea of like, most of us know what we should be doing to live a better life or to eat better or to lose weight even. So why don't we do it? And the answer is because of our deeply ingrained beliefs and our thinking patterns that we've practiced for our entire life. (laughs) Yeah. Those need to change in order for us to then take a different action and change our behavior. But most of us completely just gloss over mindset and we jump straight to behaviors. That's right. Emotional eating, for example, is not just driven by a physical impulse, which a lot of people think that it is. So a lot of people are under the presumption that as soon as they get a craving, they then have to go and eat this food and that that's what's driven. And so therefore, it can't be solved by a lot of the methods that are being pushed out there, you know, like hide the, the trigger foods or, you know, make sure that the junk food's like on the highest shelf so you can't get to it. Like it's not going to solve the problem because it's not actually a physical thing. So it can't just be changed by manipulating your environment a little bit. Yeah, and there is a place for those environmental shifts and those environmental sort of tactics. But if your eating patterns are driven by your thinking and your emotions, then just changing that environment thing isn't going to be a long-term solution for you. Because what happens when the food is right in front of you? That's right. You won't know how to deal with it. And I think that's a massive, massive thing. Well, and the other thing too is if you don't actually solve the mindset issue that you know being able to process and deal with these emotions your brain's going to work out other ways to get around those physical changes that you've made to your environment on the way home from work just pull into the servo and and grab a sausage roll or you know a bag of chips on the way home when people get to that stage then they go like i didn't even realize i was doing it it's because your brain is a lot smarter than you think and it's working out ways around these roadblocks that you've tried to put in front of it It's constantly solving a problem. And the problem isn't we're just eating these foods. The problem is we haven't solved some emotional issues or we haven't solved some ways of thinking or some beliefs or there's something there that hasn't been solved yet. And so your brain is trying to solve the problem for you, but it doesn't know that eating this food is not actually what you really want to do. Yeah, so moving on, another part of our mindset is really the conversation that we have with ourselves, right? It's that mental chatter that's going on. Is that positive or is that negative? Like, Mm. is it helping you or is it holding you back? Do you talk to yourself the way you would talk to a friend? Yeah. Or are you basically telling yourself off all the time? Most of us who struggle with habits and behaviors try to beat ourselves into submission. Yeah. And this is definitely something I've experienced in the past. And I mean, I'd go as far as to say pretty much all of us have. Mm. Every human has beat themselves up for something at some point. You know, and these days I think that most of us beat ourselves up a lot. And the problem is this isn't going to ever work for you. <laughs> yeah. If beating ourselves up worked, we'd all we, be in Yeah, we'd all have reached our goals years ago. I mean, I certainly would have. Yeah. It just, it doesn't work long-term because our brains are literally wired to do things that make us feel good, right? Your brain is sort of like your protector. It's there trying to help you. And it thinks that helping you means making you feel good. So, I mean, we all know that mental beatdowns don't feel good. So if you're constantly getting frustrated at yourself or setting these high expectations that you can't meet and then 
telling yourself, oh, you should be better at this by now, or you should have done this, and look how disgusting you look, and all this crap. If you're doing that, your brain is going to constantly try to avoid the process of change because it knows that when you don't do exactly what you planned, this beatdown is going to follow. Yeah. So your brain's going to then actively encourage you not to change. Mm. And do you see how this is just a losing battle? Like you're constantly going to be fighting yourself all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just never going to work. That's right. And part of that is also the mental resiliency. So because just coming off the back of like, if you have those mental beatdown episodes, part of working on your mindset is increasing your resiliency because like, yeah, there's always going to be things that make you feel not great, but it's how quickly we can turn that around and get back on track. So if we eat something that, you know, we might have have a belief about, so say, I shouldn't be eating this thing. If we then go and eat that rather than just beat ourselves down and use that as a jumping off point and go completely off the rails, how quickly can we just go, hey, look, it was a eating episode in isolation. How quickly can I just get back on track and just don't worry about it and keep moving forward in the direction I want to go? Yeah, I like to think of making the next best choice. Yeah. So sitting there and dwelling on what you've done, it's never going to help you. So if you find yourself dwelling on a mistake you made or a time you overate or something you did that isn't in alignment with your values or your goals, you need to get yourself, you need to basically like pull yourself up and just be like, all right, what's the next best choice I can make? Because the more you dwell, the further away from your goals you get, Mm. the more likely you are to quit. And it's just not helpful. Yeah. And so the second thing that is more important than your food choices is your personal eating habits. And like, if you followed any of our stuff before, you've heard us talk about this to death because it's super important. And it's often one of those things that a lot of us just tend to skip over, but this has more of an impact than those food choices do. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people skip over this stuff because it's not as concrete. You eat an apple versus eating a piece of cake is a very Mm. like concrete you can picture it like it's very specific yeah i either made the choice or i didn't yeah whereas when it comes to say for example following your physical hunger cues which is the first eating habit we're going to talk about you can't externally really measure it Mm. so it's kind of one of those things where you have to have a little bit of self-trust yeah and most of us don't have any self-trust which makes this really difficult yeah and it comes back to that idea of self-compassion and it comes back to that idea of like Building trust with yourself and learning your hunger cues, learning how to listen to your body, that's a skill. Yeah, and actually, what's a really good way of thinking about this? Because both of us are learning German at the moment, and so language is one of those things where it's a really good analogy. It's the same sort of thing, like most of us are walking around and our body is speaking a completely different language to anything that we've understood ever. And so we don't actually a lot of the times know what those physical hunger cues are and just like when someone is speaking a different language to you and you don't understand it you don't trust them because you don't understand what they're trying to say but then once you actually understand the language and you learn it a little bit more and you can understand what they're trying to say you have a lot more trust with them it's the same with yourself if you practice understanding and learning and and fully knowing what those hunger signals are and what they mean We have more trust in our own abilities. We don't need to worry so much about food rules and that because we trust ourselves to make the decision that's in our best interest. 
Yeah, and we also understand that as long as I'm following my physical hunger cues, the food choices that I make are kind of the second thing to think about. They're not the first thing. Yeah. Right? If we follow our physical hunger cues, we're going to start losing weight no matter what food we're putting in our mouth. So you want to learn how to notice what those physical sensations are for you because once you can understand that it's going to let you know when you truly are physically hungry and also at the point at which you've had enough to eat because they work both ways so learning that point of when when you're physically hungry and when you need to start eating is one skill and then learning when you feel physically like you've had enough that's a second skill but both of them are skills that you can build. Like Aaron said, like learning a language, it's just something you need to learn. And you need to put that time in to learn because you've spent so many years doing things a different way and completely ignoring it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like diets literally teach us to ignore our hunger. They teach us to follow these external rules instead of listening to our internal signals. Mm. And they also teach us to fear hunger in a way. And so we really need to, in addition to building a positive relationship with all types of foods, we also need to build a positive relationship with feeling hungry. Yeah. Like, are you currently avoiding feeling hungry at all costs, which perhaps is why you can't necessarily hear your physical hunger cues because you never experience any of them. Mm. That's certainly something I've experienced in the past because I know that diets that I used to be on would tell, would tell you, you know, you eat breakfast, you eat a snack, you eat lunch, you eat a snack, you eat dinner. Yeah. But for me personally, like I'm not hungry that often during the day when I actually listen to my cues. So for my entire life, I was hardly ever feeling hungry because I was just eating what I was told I should <clears throat> eat at times I should eat in portions that I'm told that I should eat. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't necessarily matching up to what my body actually needed. And so when I started on this journey, I had to learn everything from scratch. Yeah. I had never even thought about physical hunger being the main reason you would eat. Yeah. I thought, well, I eat because I want food, not because sure. I actually physically need food. I never even considered it. And I think that a lot of people listening right now, like you probably haven't considered it either. Or, you know, maybe you're struggling with listening. And if you are struggling to recognize it, Remember, it's a skill. It's not like I have it or I don't. It's I'm learning this. And it's a constant process of learning throughout our entire lives. Yeah. No one's a full 100% master at following their hunger cues. The easiest way in order to start learning it is to slow things down. That's the step one. Like that's what we teach our clients when they're implementing this is to slow things down. Eat slowly. Take your time. Don't rush through your meals. Like a lot of the times we spend very little time actually focused on eating food mm. and we're so distracted and we're in a rush and we're perpetually stressed out while we're eating which is a recipe for disaster we're not listening to those cues we quickly eat past the point of feeling full and then we often regret it later or we just grab a snack when we weren't even hungry to begin with yeah which makes knowing when to stop eating that snack basically impossible because you weren't hungry to start with yeah you already passed the point of set aside probably when you started eating yeah which is a whole other thing it's also a valuable life skill to learn as well because your hunger levels are going to change throughout your life and a lot of people found this out the hard way throughout the covid lockdowns like if you were in melbourne 
there were a lot of times where we were stuck at home and we couldn't do certain things. So which meant our bodies actually didn't physically need that much food. And that changes with your hunger signals each day. Your body's gonna tell you like you're not physically hungry. And a lot of the eating that we did do was largely driven by emotional eating. You know, just out of habit of this is what I eat breakfast, lunch and dinner every day. And this is my portions. If your activity levels significantly decrease and your body isn't sending you as many hunger cues, then eating what you normally eat when you're out and about is going to be overeating. Mm. So on the topic of movement and, and how much activity you're getting in, the third thing that matters more than the specific food choices that you make is your movement habits. How much activity do you get in throughout the day? And that includes planned activity like when we say this a lot of people jump straight to workouts how many workouts do i do how intense do i work yeah and that's a small part of it because it's a small part that if you weren't working out at all this is still important because it's incidental activity all of us get in some kind of incidental movement Mm. so whether it's a workout or incidental movement we're looking at over 24 hours how much are you moving not just in your one hour workout, how much are you moving? Your eating habits in general, so the previous point that we talked about, your eating habits are going to be more important than movement. Eating habits come first, but movement is still more important than those specific food choices that you make. Mm. And so that's something to think about here. Also, I do understand that sometimes movement can be a more accessible thing to start doing. So if you're thinking about how can I start to get started with losing weight? Sometimes changing your eating habits can feel a little bit more challenging than, say, going for a five-minute walk Mm. or starting to be a bit more active around the house. Mm. And so that's completely okay as well. And that's why this is here. This is something that you can start to gradually increase your activity and it's going to help you start to feel better and start to kickstart your weight loss in a way I believe that's more important than say trying to only eat healthy yeah and then once you start to move more and you start to feel better you'll probably then find that it's then easier to approach changing your eating habits after that so the fourth thing that's more important than your specific food choices is your sleeping habits this is a really big one Definitely underrated, I think, when it comes to losing weight or just living healthier and feeling better in general because sleep deprivation can really influence your hunger cues. And this is something that's not really talked about very often. When we don't get enough sleep, we're going to start feeling a little bit hungrier than normal. And not only is this sort of, there's a little bit of, you know, your hormones coming into play here, but there's also a psychological component. Most of us have some kind of a pattern of emotional eating when we feel tired and we're also less likely to prepare meals when we feel tired and we're more likely to grab something quick or order in and i'm sure that everyone listening has experienced that sort of feeling really tired and just i'll just grab something quick or like when we feel tired we just want to snack more Mm. it's definitely something that happens with me and so yeah, when I'm not getting enough sleep, I have to pay extra attention to, am I just eating because I'm tired? Yeah. Or am I really hungry? And the other thing with that is, 
if we're really tired, we're not gonna wanna move around much and that's gonna influence the previous point, which is movement. If we're constantly tired, we move around less, but we eat more to try and make up that energy deficit. Often when we're moving less as well, if we're moving less because we're sleep deprived, it's often a subconscious thing. So we don't actually notice that we're moving less, which again, makes it even more insidious because it's like, we don't know we're doing it. Mm. And so we'll, we might keep eating the same amount and we don't realize that we're actually moving less, often because it's that incidental activity that's happening less. And incidental activity is something that we're not necessarily consciously doing because it's planned. It's just mm. happening. And so that's just something to be aware of. I think when you're aware of it, it makes it much easier to overcome and work through. And the last thing, thing number five that matters more than your food choices is your support system. Yeah, are you surrounding yourself with people who are gonna help you achieve your goals or are they actually kind of holding you back a little bit? Because that's really important too. Yeah, and when we say holding you back, it's like, are the people who you spend the most time with encouraging you to act in alignment with your values and goals? Or are they encouraging you to perhaps act against your values and goals more often than not? Yeah, and and when we say values and goals, like no one's probably doing this from a place of malicious intent. Different people have different values and goals. That's all it is. That's right. Like what's an important goal for someone might be not important for someone else and therefore their values and beliefs and thoughts are going to be completely different. Yeah, and I think it's important to note as well When we say support system, we don't just mean family and friends because sometimes your family and friends may be not helping you move forward, but we do want to keep them around, right? Like we don't just want to get rid of all of our family and friends because they don't have the exact same goals as us. Yeah, That's not real life, right? So you don't have to stop seeing people in order to improve your support system. What you can do instead is start to add in new people who are gonna help you get where you wanna go. And again, this doesn't necessarily mean that you go out and you like find a whole new friendship group in real life. Yeah. What you can do, and it can be as simple as just consuming more helpful content online, like listening to podcasts, watching YouTube. You can join online communities. Like there's a lot of free communities out there where you might be able to find people who have similar values and goals to you. Or you can join paid memberships and communities like we have inside the Habit Reset, where if you join the Habit Reset, you're going to surround yourself with us who perhaps have similar values and goals to you. And you're also going to find other people, other members who also have similar goals and values to you. You know Mm -hmm. that you're part of a community that is helping you get closer to the life that you want to live. And so that can be really helpful. That's right, because a lot of the times it can feel like you're alone in this and that you're the only one with this this problem that you're trying to solve by seeking out others who have similar experiences or similar goals to you. You realize quickly that I'm not the only one and there are other people who have the same challenges that I face and this is how they got around it and they can shed some light for you as well. And it just makes moving forward that much easier for you in the long run. Yeah, so the other side to support system, like we've spoken about using other people for support, but a really, really big part of support is yourself. 
And again, this sort of connects back to that mindset side of things that we spoke about earlier, because the question you need to ask yourself is, are you being your own support system Mm. or are you actively holding yourself back? Because part of support is your inner self-talk. That's right. Your self-talk is either supporting you and helping encourage you to move forward or it's actually moving you away from your goals and it's beating you down and it's encouraging you not to try. Do you have the skills and the tools necessary to work through the things that are going to come up like tough emotions, like that 50% of life that's going to be negative? Do you have the skills and tools to work through those emotions? Do you have the skills and the tools to feel cravings and deal with them without eating food? That's right. right. It's massive. Yeah. And, and having access to, you know, some resources where you can learn those things and develop those skills is really important too, because like at the end of the day, we don't know what we don't know. And until we actually realize there might be something I don't know, which could really help me, we can't really change that, you know, and that's where we kind of want to step out of our own way a little bit so that we can move forward. Yeah. And I think that what we do inside the habit reset is quite unique in terms of it is an external support system in that you're getting us and you're getting other people to surround yourself with but we're also teaching you how to build your own internal support system Mm. which is something that most programs and diets will never even consider or even mention Mm. right because we want to show you how you can actually be your own support you don't need to wait for other people to change when you can change yourself yeah it's it's that classic case of with any types of diets or challenges it's literally just a step of how to so it's just like you know they're giving you the fish but what we're essentially doing is we're teaching you how to fish so that then you can keep doing this you can keep growing your skill set for the rest of your life and as a result of doing that you get to keep the results forever you'll be in a much better position to be able to navigate when future things come up that typically would have derailed you and now you have the skill set behind you to navigate that and work around it it's so so important especially when it comes to that long-term weight loss because there is going to come a point where you don't want to have to rely on a trainer or a coach or a meal plan or these food rules to get you where you want to go you want to be able to do that on your own Mm. and that's what we're really passionate about teaching people how to do And another good example of a personal support system is a practice like journaling. We are big advocates of journaling because it's really a chance to take out what's in your head and examine it right in front of your eyes because it's literally written there in front of you. It can get you really good at checking in with yourself and understanding what's this dialogue that is going on in my own head and what are these, this language that my body's giving me as we spoke about before with those physical hunger cues and getting really good at understanding that. Because then once we can understand that, then we can start to work through those difficult situations, those difficult thoughts, emotions, feelings. We can process that in a healthy way that doesn't involve just reaching for snacks. Yeah, and I think that journaling is a really big part of changing beliefs. It's like the tool that you can use to then change your mindset and to change your beliefs and become less reactive, which Again, that was the first thing we started talking about in this episode. We need to be able to change our mindset and to make sure that our mindset is helping us rather than holding us back. 
And the way that you can do that is through journaling. So journaling is sort of a one of those double whammy type of habits to have because it's going to not only help your mindset, but it's also giving you that support system because when you're writing on paper, you are being your own support. That's right. And it's a, it's a really important skill to learn and habit to get into. So that's it for today's episode, guys. We hope that these five things were really helpful for you and that it does show you that these matter more than your specific food choices. And also the idea that we spoke about earlier where these things are almost prerequisites for you to be able to change your food choices in a way that's sustainable. Yeah. So if you do have a goal to change your food choices for whatever personal reason that is for you, think about these five things because if you can get these five things working for you, you're going to find that that behavior change of actually making a different food choice in the moment becomes a lot more natural and a lot more easier. Yeah. And if you are interested in learning more about the habit reset where we spoke about today, we give you those resources and those tools in order to do this for yourself. We'll put a link in the show notes along with this episode. Thank you so much guys for listening and we will both see you next time.